0: Welcome to the Everything Podcast, the place for everything education. Whether you're a first-year teacher or a seasoned educator, our mission is to help you employ smart strategies in and out of the classroom. We firmly believe
1: that teacher burnout isn't inevitable. Part inspiration and part implementation, we discuss the why and how to make your classroom effective and sustainable. We're your hosts, Danielle and Nicole. Welcome back to another episode of the Everything Podcast. So, Danielle, it's that time of year. We've passed Memorial Day weekend. We're headed towards the end of the school year. How are you faring?
0: You know, it was strange because I definitely don't feel like I'm counting down the days in the way that I typically do at this time of year. But at the same time, I'm kind of ready for the summer. How about you? <laughs> well said. Well <laughs> said.
1: Yes, I think we're all sort of, we have that same mindset. Students and teachers alike, right? We're just really trying to make it until the end. I don't know. I think a countdown in a lot of ways is sort of celebratory. And then there's so many reasons why I feel like this end of year is just so anticlimactic. And there's just so much that feels left kind of
0: undone. So, And okay. it feels like the end of the year has kind of snuck up on us. I don't know about you, but I'm not entirely sure where April and May went. But so, they're gone. I know. <laughs>
1: I know. And I'm already thinking about next year and all that we have to do. And just like teachers everywhere, right? We're all focused on the next goals we have to set. And if you're anything like us, you know that we are always forward thinking, always thinking of the next way that we can continue to learn and educate ourselves on all things PD, all things professional development which is sort of why we created something pretty special last year and we're continuing to create it this year, the total teacher summit.
0: Yeah. So last year we decided to put on our first ever virtual summit. Um, we, we were doing virtual summits before they were the thing to do for the record. Everyone, yeah. we we're the, the OG summiteers <laughs> of this space. Um, If you are a longtime podcast listener, you certainly know that because we had an entire episode about this time last year about what even is a virtual summit. Do I need to have a webcam if I want to be an attendee of a virtual summit? All of these questions that we were getting, many questions about where our virtual summit was going to be held people asking for addresses. (laughs) Um, And all of these things now, just a, in some ways, very short and very long, one year later, seem a little bit ludicrous. Like, well, obviously, everybody knows these things now. It's it's the new normal. It's so true. And it makes me think about one of our recent
1: podcast episodes with Kara Piper from Virtual Elementary (laughs) Teachers, and how at the time when we heard about what her life was like as a a virtual teacher, she telecommuted with her students from all across the state of Florida. It just felt so wild. Little do we know, only weeks later, we would be in a very, very similar situation. So things certainly have shifted. We've adjusted, we've adapted, and that was the goal of last year's summit, was to sort of take what we wish we really could do in person and make it as accessible with as few barriers as possible. And here we are again doing it round two, the Total Teacher Summit happening July 11th and 12th, and we're just, we can't
0: stop talking about it. Yes, we are so excited, and we are starting to put the finishing touches on our speaker lineup. We have a mix of people who will be familiar faces to those who attended last year's summit, to those who have been listening to the podcast for a while, as well as people who you might be hearing about for the first time. We have a pretty wide range of audience size um, of our speakers. And I mentioned that because this episode is all about pitching yourself. And in our last episode where we talked about the homework you should do before pitching yourself, we talked about, you know, all the things that you want to make sure that you have ready to go and set. And when we were talking about that, and in the episode where we were interviewed with Alyssa, we mentioned that sometimes people have these like limiting beliefs about who should be a presenter. And it doesn't have to be at our virtual summit, doesn't have to be on a podcast, it's wherever your goal of getting to is. And I think that that's one of them. So we have people who are really big fish, we have people who are seemingly brand new. And I think that that is a great place to be. And we
1: want to celebrate everyone who comes from all different spaces. And that's what it really Mm -hmm. means to be a part of the total teacher summit is, you know, we're representing what really makes an educator in 2020 and the 2021 school year, right? All the different aspects that we have and the topics that we're going to reveal in the coming weeks, all the different talks Mm -hmm. that we have coming up. As you mentioned, we have speakers of all different backgrounds, specialties, specialization, and that's represented in their talks as well. So we just have so many great things to look forward to. And this episode comes at the right time, because as you said, we are talking about how to, you know, this kind of phase two of pitching yourself, right? We did the homework. If you listened to our previous podcast episode, episode 80, we talked about what it takes to actually kind of check all of those boxes, what you really need to have accomplished before you really feel totally confident in pitching yourself and and sharing your value and stats and all of that um, when it comes to an application or interacting with someone that you don't know very well. Mm-hmm. And so today we talk about that phase two. What does it look like to actually articulate yourself? Yeah. So let's, let's dive into it. I, we have a lot to We have a lot to talk about, and there are a lot of things that I think, you know, it sort of goes without saying, but it's important to highlight because I think that a lot of these things you think about, maybe in a job interview setting, they work really well, or maybe when you're interacting with someone for the very first time, trying to explain yourself and, you know, Mm -hmm. words, but it's important to sort of lay them all out as being the top five things to consider
0: when pitching oneself. Yeah. Now, you have already mentioned that we have a speaker application up, Um, but some people might be thinking about other places that they want to pitch themselves. And it is not always the case that there is kind of an application process and you kind of have to figure out that background of what they're looking for. Um, You had mentioned that in some ways it's kind of like a, job interview or something of that sort. And I think of the pitching process when I am thinking about like the language that goes into it as kind of like a 2020 version of your cover letter, like a modern, updated, and often a little bit more casual, often with a little bit more personality version of the cover letter.
1: Exactly. I love the way that you said that too, because I think it does bring another dimension here. You know, it's so often we think about, well, how do I dis- talk about myself. How do I describe who I am, what I do all about me? Whereas I think of a cover letter as being the way that you show off the skill set that you have in order to Mm -hmm. provide a solution to what this potential company situation scenario is looking for. And that's the big difference. I think, you know, my initial, you know, kind of gut reaction when I hear, oh, pitch yourself, talk about yourself, right? It's so self-centric, right? So you're so thinking about oh, well, maybe I want to show off this great thing about me or what I can, you know, all the things that I've accomplished. And it really is so much more than that. And I think you can really differentiate between the two. Mm -hmm. You'll start to see the real kind of return (laughs)
0: there. Yeah, so in a lot of ways, the advice that we're giving today is really similar to the advice that you'd hear about writing a really great about me page, right? So if you're writing an about me page that truly works and is successful on your website, it's probably not all that about you. It probably isn't a really long laundry list of your accomplishments. It probably isn't um, something that lists like a bunch of maybe advanced degrees that you have, but don't actually apply to (laughs) what your website is about. It's something that needs to build that immediate connection with your audience, right? They should walk away getting a sense of who you are and they're not gonna remember what that ridiculously long um, like title was for the master's degree program you were in. That's not what they're going to take away.
1: I could not agree more. And a really great example that comes to mind mm-hmm. is Alyssa McDonald, teacher by nap time. She does mm-hmm. such a great job of infusing the personality plus the professionalism. I think that yeah. she does exactly what you're saying. And and yes, she's got a lot of accolades to be really proud of and to yeah. show off, but it doesn't necessarily speak to the, every single person that's interacting with her and her About Me page. It's just thinking about her in particular. I think that's exactly the right way to put it. And I love that. I love that.
0: Another person who, if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration about someone who I think shows off their personality really well in their, um, website and their about me page is our friend Nikki, the sprinkle top teacher. Yeah. If you go to her, um, I think she calls it the my story section of her website. Sure. She tells you like, the, the background, the stuff you need to know. But she ends it with fun facts about herself. And they are hilarious and just so her. Like, obviously, we know and love Nikki and have for some time. But as I'm reading through it, I hear Nikki saying these things. And that's what you really want to get across.
1: Yes. So now that we've set the scene here, I think mm-hmm. we've kind of you know, brought those two components, thinking about it as your most personalized, stylized cover letter, mm-hmm. and also the best version of an about me section of a website that you've seen. And we gave a couple mm-hmm. of examples. That's, that, that's perfect. It sets the scene, helps us kind of understand what's the point here. What are we trying to accomplish? So as far as some of the major components to consider when you're actually sitting down to write about yourself, mm-hmm. you want to think about some of the major components that maybe can be more universally understood. So one that comes across for me is mm-hmm. keeping things concise and
0: specific. Oh, let's start with that specific that I think begins before you've even written your entire first, you know, official sentence. If you know who you're pitching to, use their name. <laughs> I I mean, I say that and it sounds ridiculous, but really I think that as we go through this, you're going to realize that there's not a generic pitch that you should be copying and pasting to all of the places that you want to pitch to. You're not going to get very far with that. And I think that starts at the very beginning. Know who you're speaking to. If it just starts with, hello, comma, uh, do, you, do you even know who is running the, the show? Whether it's a yeah. podcast or, yep. Yeah. People can smell that from far away, right?
1: Uh If you think about the way that maybe some of these messages are being received, maybe it's in a direct message, maybe it's Mm -hmm. in an inbox of sorts, maybe it's in someone's email, right? If you see the first line or two lines of that message and you can't even find, wait, is this for me?
0: Right. (laughs) You're not getting anywhere. Not going very far. So other than we start by making it specific by if, And hopefully you do have a specific contact and you can use that person's name. That's ideal. And I would say that once you start with the introduction, kind of like that, you know, new and improved, better version of a cover letter. If you can explain how you know this person or the, you know, six degrees of whatever that you have this connection about, Lead with it. So, if even if it's not a personal connection, maybe you haven't actually interacted with this person before, but you have been listening to their podcast for a year and a half, I think that's going to get their attention. I would mention it. So, if you're a loyal listener, a loyal follower, whatever it may be, use that. If you don't have any connection to that person, but they interviewed a person you do know, Go ahead and make that name drop. (laughs) Danielle, you stole
1: my second point. (laughs) It's perfect, though. It's what's the connection? Yeah. Right? Even if it happens to be extremely remote, right? You really, there's no personal connection, but it's because Mm -hmm. you saw a link to an article that they were featured in that was published three years ago, but you favorited it on your toolbar of your (laughs) browser, right? Whatever that happens to be. It's keeping that connection, making sure that this is not coming across as some blanket statement, right? This is personal. You've gone through that effort. And I think we're about to discover that through all of these points, that really is the underlying factor here is the effort. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to keep going back to that for sure. But absolutely, that's the second is what's the connection? Keep the connection, make sure it's front and center, and
0: likely within the first couple of statements. I think that sometimes that who you know goes a really long way, Um, just like it does in person. Sometimes the candidate that gets the job gets it because they know a guy. Same thing online, same thing in the social media world. Make sure that if you have that connection, Even if it's not they are your best friend and have been since middle school, it doesn't have to be that deep. Um, Make sure that you are explaining that you guys do have that in common. You're kind of showing that you run in the same circles by doing that. And while we're at it, why don't you go ahead and follow that person and like their stuff on Instagram? Because somebody who even has a remote recognition of that handle or that feed is going to stop and think to themselves, Oh, Oh, I've seen that. Oh, she leaves the sweetest comments whenever I'm talking about. And that's going to be their first impression. They're going to want to read more. Well said leads us to our third
1: point, which is don't underestimate your delivery. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're getting at as far as the kind of communication that you have with someone. And yes, We are all in a situation now where our communication is strictly virtual, which Mm -hmm. is fine. (laughs) And I think that it goes without saying that that message really means a lot. It's powerful. It's the first, maybe the only interaction that you have with someone. Mm -hmm. So being able to provide that punch in just a few sentences, maybe a paragraph or two, is huge. And I think that in keeping with the connection and the background information that you learn about someone there's a lot that goes into how people talk about themselves. In other words, the about me page on their website, and the way that they talk about themselves, maybe in their podcast introduction, right? So keeping with that, try and think of all the details that they've gone out of their way to point out about themselves and keep Mm -hmm. that in the message that you send. There are a couple times when I've noticed people will identify themselves as a particular nickname, or maybe even with, you know, a tagline. And that's something that if they look at that message and that's in the first three sentences, they're like, Oh, this girl knows me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She, she knows what I'm about. Right. And that definitely adds that level, that delivery that you're providing. It's not just that, well, I'm going to make it as formal as possible because I'm sure how respectful and polite. I am. And trust me, I'm all about that. But I think that it also shows that person, Hey, this, this individual took the time to learn about, what I'm about, how I've chosen to describe myself and introduce people to the, that I don't know. And they've used that in the way that we interact in this very short, limited basis.
0: Yeah, just like when you're trying to get the attention of a company and you want to mirror the language back to them uh, as you're putting together your uh, cover letter or resume or whatever it may be, you're doing the same exact thing. And just like in that situation, Again, sure, you want to make sure that what you have to offer is readily uh, visible, right? You wanna make sure that you're showcasing all of your best features. We talked about that last week. Um, We talked about uh, how we put a product in our TPT store, about having that small one-page media kit to help you highlight whatever those great things are. So, um, for example, maybe you have a, you have a podcast, you have a teacher blog, you have whatever it may be, and maybe the numbers aren't something that you're able to brag about, but maybe you did a roundup post where you were able to feature, you know, seven educators in your discipline that everyone else should watch out for. And each of them offered a quote to you. Why not brag about being able to connect with that person, putting your best foot forward something that we talked about, but really I think here in the pitch itself is where you want to make sure that you're showing off how valuable you are to that person, that group, that summit, whatever it may be. So what is it that you're bringing that is of enormous value to their audience?
1: think that when we start to look at this
0: as how can we compare it to something that probably
1: we've all experienced at one point or another is that cover letter or that quick introduction that you've had to do. I agree. It's so helpful to think of it in that way and to start to
0: reframe. Maybe you don't want to share every single detail about yourself. So I think that really at the heart of what you're getting at here is you want to make sure that, yeah, you're really excited about this potential opportunity, and you might be absolutely like over the moon and want to tell everybody if you get it, but this shouldn't be about you. It should be making sure that you are focused on what you are bringing to the table for them. We keep saying it isn't about you, but I mean it. Like, what is it that you are uniquely able to provide to that audience? They have probably gotten into this in order to serve their community, whoever that might be. What is it that you're able to do that greatly benefits their community?
1: Agreed, 1000%. And I think that that will come across in a really powerful way. I think that anyone who's reading someone's message for the first time can tell what the angle is and start to really think of the vocabulary that you're using and the way that you're describing yourself and the value that you can bring to someone and the potential solution you can bring to their potential issue, right? (laughs) It's, I think, going to come across in a really different way in just a a
0: short message, whatever that might mean. from a language point of view, can, can I add like one, one bonus that I know always catches my eye when I'm reading through these things? Of course. When you are able to articulate what you do in that really, really short phrase, like what would be the phrase that goes right underneath your name in your Instagram um, profile, for example. So I don't even mean the entire Um, Set of characters you can use just that like defining moment if you can say that in a really creative way I think that is like Analogous to picking the perfect title for your paper. My students right now are writing research papers and I tell them that when I was an undergrad and I did tutoring at our writing center The director of the writing center used to say that she could pretty much guess what grade you were getting based on the title of your paper. Because if you had a really great title, it meant you were able to take something as small as the thesis statement and reduce it in a way that you were able to communicate your whole paper in just that handful of words. And that meant you got it. So the reader would easily get it too. And I think that if you can do that in a really interesting, memorable way, you have a much better chance of standing out. We've already mentioned Alyssa a few times today, and she calls herself a visibility coach or visibility specialist. I forget what the the second Visibility coach. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that that's a, a perfect example of someone who's doing that the right way. And I suspect you might be seeing some speakers at the summit who are doing something similar. And I don't mean in terms of visibility, but I mean in terms of branding themselves and just a few short phrases where you're like, oh, that's their point of view. I get it. Cool. And I think that it also helps to answer the question
1: of what is the thing that I'm trying to solve for? Mm -hmm. And that person can identify it
0: for themselves. I think that that also tends to solve a few more issues while you're at it. It prevents it from just being generic because you are probably not the only person pitching to talk about that particular topic. And Even though you have a course that's related to that topic that you really want to get people into your funnel and create more sales as a result of speaking at this, none of that should be in your cover letter or your pitch or your application or whatever it may be.
1: Which leads us to number five, do your research. Take the time, put in the effort, go that extra mile, If you have less than a minute, call it, to make that introduction into who you are and how you can help to solve that problem for someone, what can you do to make it as visible as possible that you've done the work to figure out who they are and why you're worth their time? I think that it goes without saying that we are really keyed into this at this time. Mm-hmm. of the year, right? We're going through the final stages of polishing our speaker lineup for the Total Teacher Summit. We're reviewing all of the pitches that we've received and we're doing our own pitching of sorts, right? We're really in tune with this and we know we take it very seriously and we understand how much effort it really does take to, to make a great pitch. And we hope that this provides you some value. And if you're still thinking about our our episode 80, where we talked about some of the background work that needs to be done, Danielle created a media kit for you that is available on TPT. So if you're looking for that extra edge of how you can talk about yourself and frame yourself in the best light possible to kind of give that background work that is available and waiting for you, that is a great addition. Well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And we certainly hope that we see you all at the Total Teacher Summit.
0: Yeah, I can't wait.
1: I can't wait.
0: If you'd like to learn more about us and the services that we offer, head to everything.com.